0: Back to the pollen cast. Um, this is our third episode, and we will be discussing exactly why it is that people get allergies and how we can prevent that. So um, I am Jackson. I am the founder and editor-in-chief of Emerging Allergy Treatments, and with me today, yet again, is Chase, a staff writer
1: for Emerging Allergy Treatments.
0: He is ready to make significant contributions to this episode. As always. So um let's move on to uh the content. Before we get into this episode's discussion, I would first like to credit our sources um, uh, from which we obtained um, the information that we use. So the first is uh, the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. Um, They focus on a lot of the same subject matter that we do. Um, Then the National Institute of Health, always an extremely helpful resource for anything to do. Um, with, um, your medical needs and, um, or interests, I suppose. Yeah. And finally the wall street journal. So three very credible sources. Um, and so I think that, um, like many things with allergies, it is important to start at the beginning. And when I say the beginning, I mean, before one has even left the womb.
1: Yeah. So, um, one of the leading causes of allergies is genetics. So um, not only can genetics give you allergies, but they can also make your allergies worse. Um, so if you have above-average amounts of serum tryptase, then you are more likely to have anaphylactic reactions or more severe allergic reactions in general. And higher levels of this uh, serum is caused by um, a hereditary trait known as alpha um, otherwise known as H-A-T.
0: The H stands for hereditary.
1: Yeah, it does. And so um, this is a gene. Well, it's hereditary. So um, if... Your parents had it, for instance, and you're more likely to have, more likely to have it, um, meaning that um, you're more, li- more likely to have elevated um, of the serum levels, uh, serum tryptase, and um, more likely to have anaphylactic reactions or worse allergic reactions in general. And this is not the only thing that can be passed through genes. Um, allergic reactions, in general, can also be hereditary.
0: Right. So essentially what happens is, like many things, people have a certain disposition. ...to um, getting allergies. So I'd liken it to... ...you know, maybe a professional athlete, right? A professional athlete... um, ...I'm sure was born with a lot of natural talent. But in order to... ...get to where they are... ...they also had to... ...train a lot... ...and work very hard... um, uh, ...and abstain from getting injured... ...and yeah. all of those sorts of things... Um, ...in order to... ...actually... ...really get into the major leagues. Um and this it's really like any walk of life i would say um it's, it's quite similar but um, with allergies we have a little bit of a less positive uh example yeah um but yes pretty much what happens is allergies are genetic right so if uh, your parent um ha- your parents have um allergies um chances are that i mean if you um that you might inherit that gene um in which case you, uh or not it's not a single gene I don't think um uh or you might inherit like a series of uh or you might inherit genetic traits that's a good way to put it yeah genetic traits genetic traits um that will um mean that you're likely to um have allergies right but um but there are th- like of course genetics are not the only determining factor in terms of um uh whether or not you um you uh get allergies and how bad your allergies become because exposure oh, oh yeah. exposure is a large is part as factor. well so pretty much let's look at one study
1: um conducted by Dr. Sublet. um so he studied a bunch of college freshmen who had um uh, allergies related to immunoglobulin E which is an antibody that's, um, yeah, it's an, it's an allergy antibody. And so um, so these uh so, freshmen... so
0: So pretty much by looking at the immunoglobulin E, he was able to determine which freshmen were predisposed to have allergies because people with allergies have high, high levels of it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and um, so within their college career, he says, and I quote, about 20% of these students developed allergies. So this means that um, not only... Are allergies hereditary Something that you have um, before you're even born But you can also develop allergies later in life If you have this specific um, uh, thing Immunoglobulin E And of course this isn't the only example Of um, getting allergies later in life I'm sure there are other um, ways That you could develop allergies after you're born
0: Okay, we might want to fact check that I'm not sure if there really are other ways Well, There's not just one gene I'm sure there's not just one Okay, Okay, I fact checked it, you're right but anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, remember, building off of that right. study, um, Chase blipped over it. Uh, where no, pretty much twenty years um, after um, these it uh, even say students,
1: that oh yeah, it does
0: twenty years after these students? Um, uh, uh, well, they're not really students at this point. Twenty years after these people went to college, forty um, percent had allergies. The amount, the number doubled. So. Yeah. Um, okay. The more that they were exposed to these allergies, the, um, the uh, more yeah 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 uh, the more likely they are to uh, the, the, these allergens, the more likely they are to develop them. Um, but there are other ways in which allergens can be developed, um, which include um, living in areas. It, it, it is largely a function of the place in which you live, right? So if you live in a place in a city with a lot of pollution. Or if your home is home to lots of mold, Uh (laughs) or if you have a pet, or you are just spend a lot of time in outside or just in a place where there are many allergens. You have exposure. In other words, if you have exposure, you are likely to get these allergens. The interesting thing is the exposure to mold and pollution because um, those aren't really well mold can be an allergen yes 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 mold can be an allergen know. pollution is kind of unique interestingly enough I believe that some people are actually allergic to pollution, to pollution? yes so what even like, is it's it's just like, like debris like minuscule debris and I believe that I learned in bio- biology that, um, that people can be allergic to pollution but anyway uh, this ties into climate change Right, it oh, means yeah, that with the uh yeah. with the advent of climate change, um, comes a rise in allergies, and that's actually exactly what we've seen. because uh, um, yeah. recently allergies have skyrocketed in terms of the number of people they are affecting. So uh, I wrote an article about this. Um, so please check that out. Yeah. Um, about like it goes more into depth about how uh climate change uh and allergies relate to each other, but there are a number of factors. Um, environmental factors, really, that um, can result in uh, the, um, in you getting allergies. I liken it to pretty much, suppose you plant a seed. Ah. If the seed doesn't get water. Then the seed will die. It won't grow. Yeah. The seeds can't die because well, I mean, they're the not plant alive. Will die. The plant that
1: was trying to grow. The
0: plant will not exist. That's well, my no, point no. here.
1: It'll, like, won't. Okay. Well, It'll, not won't, it won't
0: grow. It won't grow. It'll die yeah <laughs> no it won't yeah. it depends on the plant but in this instance that's not what i'm saying the seed is planted in your genetics but the environment is the water that can allow the plant to grow and can allow the um the allergy to develop right so um chase kind of butchered that analogy no even because die. you see
1: um we know the seed, but the plant can die <laughs> Well, I know where you're going with the analogy, okay? Well, anyways, um Well, e- okay, whatever. Um Okay. Um anyway, so uh one interesting thing is that if you introduce foods uh to a baby's diet very early on, for instance, like before they even turn 1, then this can actually reduce the amount of allergies they have related to these foods. Yes. So,
0: um an- another segue that we could have maybe used. Wait, wait. <laughs> well, what? What was the segue? Go ahead. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it- Although exposure to allergies yeah. can worsen them, yeah. they can also forestall them
1: oh, if
0: nice. <laughs> um introduced at the right time.
1: Okay, well my segue was better, but anyways. Your
0: segue wasn't even really a segue. You oh. kinda just went in without a exactly. segue. Exactly.
1: We don't need to waste any time. We need to we need
0: to, you know, get on with the Okay. Anyway. On the podcast. anyway. Um so Chase, you wanna um, do you wanna explain why this is? <laughs> well, okay, no, no, um, let, <laughs> I'll, I'll do a little bit of an explanation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is it? I have no idea. As you can see, Chase is very knowledgeable about uh, about this uh, type of thing. That's what we have him on, yeah. on the podcast.
1: I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I am. Anyway,
0: um, anyway, uh, so pretty much, let's use the analogy of a vaccine.
1: No, no more analogies, please.
0: No, this is good analogy.
1: Okay, fine. Yeah. I'll Don't screw s- it up <laughs> <out> this time.
0: <laughs> okay, Chase, okay, do you want to, Do you want to explain how a vaccine works?
1: Well, um, you give a bit of the virus to a person. Oh, I see how this goes. And then, and then <laughs> it becomes like the immune system, like it's only timed of the virus. Your immune system can just kind of like kill it. Um, and so and so your immune system like learns how to how to kill that kind of virus. Exactly. Yeah. So. So, that's the same idea that's going on here. Um, if, your, if your immune system learns uh, – if your immune system, while it's still developing, learns how to um, deal with these allergens,
0: then uh, you don't have any problems later on. Exactly. Good job, Chris. Thank um, you. So, yes, that is that is how it works where pretty much, of course um, – and you kind of need to need to know how – I'm assuming probably most of you know um, – how, what an allergic reaction is for, uh, from a scientific standpoint. Um, for those of you who don't, essentially um, what happens is it's not that the allergen that you ingest, it's not really that the allergy that you ingest is bad, right? It's more your immune system's response to it. So yeah, pretty much a, a peanut it. should be harmless. But some people's immune systems overreact to that peanut, produce an antibody known as IgE. IgE. And yeah, a surplus of this antibody is what causes the issue. COVID works actually somewhat like that. Um, okay. In that, yeah, in that the immune system overreacts to oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. starts uh, producing a lot of fluid, um, and it's called a cytokine storm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, starts producing a bunch of fluid, and it's gruesome, but you can imagine that fluid in your lungs is not optimal yeah anyway um so that's kind of interesting but that's essentially how it works so if your immune system is introduced to these allergens from a young age it means that it is more likely to adjust to these allergens and it is more likely to not see them as harmful antigens in the future because they're not so um there are a few studies on this one occurred in 2008 Um, uh, the, um, it was a uh, comparison between, uh, people, uh, children in the UK and, uh, Israel, um, and it was found that, um, the Israelis were far less likely to, um, have peanut allergies, have peanut allergies, and, the reason—the only real difference that they could find between the diets of the two groups was that the Israeli children were exposed to peanuts earlier in their life. And this led to and less allergies. It's important that we talk about the time frame here because— well, What was the time frame? When I say early in life, I mean really early in life before they're one years old. Yeah,
1: that's pretty early. So,
0: of course, most kids don't really start eating food— until not too long before their first birthday That's which true. means that there's not a very large time frame in which you can give your child allergies right yes. so if i am a parent who um uh has a, who maybe is afflicted by allergies myself or just in general right um and it is fearful that my child um will contract the same ailment Um, I, I, I would expose them to all the most common allergies, just peanuts, tree nuts, fish, soy, wheat, dairy, and the list goes on and on. And that would hopefully ensure before, before they turn one, and that would hopefully ensure that they are less likely to develop these allergies later later on. Um, the, uh, the same was true in a Swedish study. But this one used fish rather than peanuts, and an Australian study used eggs rather than peanuts and also rather than fish, and all of them came up with similar results. So the point here is that um, exposure very early in one's life can be instrumental in uh, in um, producing uh, in uh, pretty much you know preventing preventing allergies. Now it's kind of sad because it used to be thought the opposite used to be thought.
1: Ah, so no one would give their children allergens. Children
0: would not consume allergens until they were over three years old. I mean, the, the that that bio- was the from, conventional from a
1: standpoint. That makes sense. You don't want to give especially your child when allergens. it
0: seems as if, and but like most of the time, um, for instance, the other study, exposure to allergens worsens. Yeah, right? worsens it. But as it turns out, the opposite is actually true. So because of that conventional wisdom being false, that led to a lot of kids, unfortunately, developing allergens who may not have otherwise. So please, 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 if you're listening to this, do it yourself. Tell everybody you know about it. Expose your children to common allergens before they turn one, because that will prevent them from having to deal with allergies for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's, let's move on to a little bit of a brighter note, which is that treatment is on the way. Treatment is on the way. And. In terms of emerging allergy treatments. Emerging allergy treatments. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so, um. Some of you may have heard of a uh, new uh, technology known as CRISPR.
1: Ah, CRISPR. Yeah. Correct. So um, as we said before, a lot of um, a lot of allergies are caused by genetics, and for those of you who don't know, CRISPR is a gene editing um, company, and they they edit genes, and that's that's pretty much what they do. Um, so the the ethics of CRISPR are definitely debatable, but if we ignore that for the moment, it's definitely true that maybe CRISPR can be used to prevent or um, make or allergies right
0: yes because certain people are predisposed to having allergies due to their genes if um crispr could go in and modify their genes so that they don't have um so that pretty much they are less likely to have this now of course like chase said there are some major ethical concerns of crispr and of course the benefits of crispr also are far more than just helping people with allergies because you know if you look at things such as cancer um which come as a result of uh of uh genetic mutations, um, if yeah. the um unwa- unwanted um, you know uh, the uh the unwanted DNA sequences are altered or deleted or whatever it may be, that can definitely that can exactly that can mean that um, that uh that people in the long run to suffer from cancer. Which, yeah, now that we know about cancer treatment, but yes,
1: th- th- that's uh, that's the logic. The
0: issue with CRISPR is that. Ethically, it seems very strange because, think about it, genes determine not everything, of course. You know, there's the whole nature versus nurture debate. But yeah. genes determine a lot of what our lives.
1: Especially look. medical things like allergies.
0: Yes, um, yes, but that's not really where the ethics also, come in. Yeah, um, is where how maybe smart or athletic you are is definitely Something. a product yeah. of how hard you work, but also. A lot of it is also gen- is genetic, right? That's just the fact. That's just the truth of the matter, right? So that means that what could potentially happen is you have maybe bad actors getting their hands on this CRISPR technology and using it to maybe create a perfect human with optimal athletic ability. And then everyone else is just, optimal just smarts, not very And then valuable. that puts everybody else out of business, right? Yeah. Um, and also, it's just weird. Like many people say, like, well, you know, you should you should just you shouldn't change how you were born. Like, I'm not to do, it, right? Yeah. And I think that for medical reasons, there's, that's I think that that's definitely an exception. But I am of the mind that you know, creating perfect humans is just doesn't really seem fair. You know what I mean? It it doesn't seem fair, and also. It's a it's a complicated topic, but people could create perfect humans, and um, that just because somebody has access to CRISPR does not mean that they are a good person. Yeah, which means that they could exploit CRISPR to gain a lot of power, and yeah, you can you can probably figure pretty much it uh, completely changes the ball game.
1: Yeah, there's a whole like eugenics thing where you have the perfect human, and then everyone else is just seen as worthless because they're not these perfect humans that are gene edited.
0: Right. So, um, so yeah, that's those are the issues with CRISPR. Um, we'll see whether or not. I'd imagine that CRISP that the consensus would be okay if you're going to cure cancer. Yes, you can use CRISPR. Um, but we'll see if it extends as far as allergies, because some people might want to draw the line before you get to allergies. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, And also, it's like, as soon as you start making CRISPR widespread, what if it gets in the wrong hands? And I still think that it should be used to cure medical um, diseases and stuff, but whatever. Um, Anyway, that's one possible treatment. CRISPR in that way, I mean, it could be – it's like it's really a panacea.
1: It could be a cure
0: not just for allergies but for cancer. And for just so many different
1: diseases that are genetically that are genetically uh, uh, induced, yeah, or yeah, induced. That's a good word. <laughs> yeah.
0: You have another good word choice. <laughs>
1: um, influenced. It's a pretty good word, isn't it? That was decent. It has a slightly different meaning. No, no, because I'm like uh, you might just like allergies. You can have allergies even if they're not necessarily from genetics, but the can still influence them.
0: That's good. That's good, Chase. I like it.
1: Like the whole uh, serum tripsate thing. Serum. No, you know the serum. I said the serum tripsate.
0: No, no I, said, I think it's pronounced serum. Serum? Yes. No, no one has
1: the serum. It's pronounced serum.
0: Okay, whatever. Um. <laughs> anyway. Um, serum? Yes, I think so. Okay. But anyway, thank you for listening. Um, We hope that um, this podcast was not only... Interesting, but also informative. And that it <laughs> will help you... No, oh, they're totally different things. Yeah, they are. Okay, fine. Something could be super interesting. Well, well if it's interesting, I, define, I define informative as giving you information that you can actually apply.
1: Okay. well, Right? Sure. So
0: like, I don't know. I might be interested in, like, a superhero movie, but if that leads me to...
1: No, uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pollen Cast. We hope to see you again next time. Make sure to check out the rest of this website, Um And, um, yeah, hope you enjoyed. Thank you.